Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. everything is changing now. The truth of the matter is we can come every week and bring a word that we know the Lord has on our heart to communicate and, and pray and that it breathes life and transformation. But the truth is he can already start doing the work before we start speaking because it's his presence that breaks chains. It is his presence that already starts doing a move. And so as the team just starts playing that, I just wanna pray for you. Can you lift your hands towards heaven? You know, the word I have for today, it may seem like a, just a teaching practical word, but I believe so many people can be so bound by what we're gonna speak on today that they may leave and not even realize that it's actually a spiritual condition. And so before I even start to teach, I'd love for our hearts to be wide open. I'd love for our spirits to be wide open. I'd love for our faith to be ignited and awakened so that the Holy Ghost can do what he does best, which is heal guide, counsel, transform. You can break chains, break strongholds in the name of Jesus. So Father, these are your people. These are your sons and daughters. Lord, you know every story. Lord, every chapter of the book you're writing in their life. And so right now, even before we teach the word, I thank you that chains are breaking, that strongholds are breaking. That freedom is here. The Spirit of God is moving. Your presence is here already. Everything is changing now because you are here. Everything is changing now because your Spirit goes ahead of us. It's behind us. It is a shield all around us. So Spirit of God, we welcome you. Come on, in your own words, can you say, Spirit of God, we welcome you in this place. Spirit of God, would you do a work in my heart? Spirit of God, would you already start to heal the wounded places, the devastated places of my heart? Father, where I may try to hold things in control, that today I will learn to lay it at your feet in surrender. Oh, Spirit of God, move. Oh, everything is changing. Everything is changing. Be magnified in us. Be magnified in this service this morning. Lord, be magnified wherever these people are hearing your word, whether it's in their living room at home, online, or whether here in person. Give them ears to hear and a heart to receive what you have in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we say amen? Amen. Before you sit down, I'd love for us to read the passage for this morning, it's out of Colossians chapter 3.15 in the Amplified Version, and some jokester pastors like to say that's the women's version because it talks a lot, but I refuse to believe that. But it's an incredible version that takes the scripture and expounds it a little bit more. And so it is Colossians 3.15 in the Amplified says, let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, 
be the controlling factor. Could you repeat that with me? Controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace indeed, you were called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. Can we read that again? Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him be the controlling factors in your heart. To this peace indeed, you were called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. You can have a seat. Welcome to Church Alive. If you are new today, it is an honor to serve this house. My name is Miriam Fleming. My husband and I are the lead pastors here. And we are in the middle of a series. If you're new, January is Vision Month here. And so every January, we have a word that we believe the Holy Spirit has given us as a church to help align us and help guide us through the year. And so last year's word was go. And so when we rallied around my husband, our staff, we were like, well, what is the word for 2023? And he looked at us and he goes, go again. And we're like, come on, we already went. You know, we're all... And it was actually incredible because it actually stirred something in us of what we're already starting to see happening in our midst. We're going again and adding a fifth service. We have more mission trips this year than ever. There's incredible things that's happening and over the last three weeks we learned a lot on teachability and humility we learned what it means to be under protection which is under authority and today we're going to talk about go again in surrender go again with surrender before i can really dive into surrender we need to talk about the opposite of surrender which is control there's a difference between self-control and there is a difference between being a controlling person. We've all heard the term control freak. I've been called that at different times, especially if you live at home with me. And I was on the phone with a friend this week and we were just talking leadership stuff and, and it got to like that hour mark and I was like, I can't just be like on the phone. So I went for a walk and then it was super windy. I was like, this is gonna end right now. So I go back home and I get a toothbrush and I'm like bleaching the side of my sink. That's how much of a control freak I can be with my kitchen. But anyway, that's just sidebar. Um, I can give you tips. Actually, follow Tessa. She's got incredible cleaning tips on her blog. It's incredible. But there is a difference between self-control and being controlling. And maybe you've been that person or maybe it's the person next to you. Men, do not elbow your wife in this moment. But being controlling is those of us who react with fear, anxiety, and usually anger or being irrational when things aren't done our way or the way we think it should be done. Let's talk about the difference a little bit more between self-control and being controlling. You see, the Bible actually tells us we are to be self-controlled. And so let's talk about the things in scripture that we as believers are called to have self-control over. And that first one would be our attitude. We are to have an attitude of gratitude. We as Christ followers, we have the joy of the Lord that is our strength. That is ours to control. Our effort, Colossians 3.23, our effort, all that we do should be done as unto the Lord. We control how we show up to work every day. We, show, we control how we show up to serve every Sunday or as we lead in our small groups. We have control over our integrity. 
Proverbs 11:3. Our choices choose today whom you will serve. Our choices, our reactions. James 1:19 and Proverbs 4:29. How do we react? To situations, do we exhibit a loss of self-control over ourselves when we can't control someone or something else? Our speech, we're to control our speech. Our time and energy, I've had to learn this one the hard way. Sometimes we can blame other people for being drained, for being tired, for our loss of time and energy. But you see, God gave us that to steward. We have to learn boundaries and we can't blame our whatever. We can't blame this or that person or that person's this or that. No, no, no. You have control over who and what drains and steals your time and energy. Ecclesiastes 3. Our health, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. The temple of the Holy Spirit is our body and we are to have self-control over it. Our sexuality, we live in a world that says do whatever you want with your body, with your sexuality, but there are boundaries for our protection. And the word of God says flee youthful lust and pursue righteousness. Self-control is a trait of strength driven by godliness and maturity. But being controlling gives the illusion of power and strength but actually is driven by fear from a lack of trusting the Lord. The fear of loss, the fear of rejection, the fear of imperfection, the fear of not being enough. See, being controlling ironically, ironically reflects a lack of self-control, although it gives the perception that you are the one in control. Controlling people are actually being controlled by fear, by pride, or by anger. But 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Hear that again. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and what? Self-control. Self so what happens within us and around us when we are controlling? There's gonna be a lot of points here, so if you wanna write it, take a picture, whatever, you do you, boo-boo, but number one, it contro control complicates. <laughs> control complicates the things in our lives. We think that if we control things, then we're gonna navigate and it's gonna be just so, but actually I found that control complicates. Actually control, it smothers and it suffocates. Control drains. Control causes striving. Control manipulates. Control leads to living out of control. Control self-promotes in fear that God won't promote him, them in their time. Control self-preserves with fear that God won't defend or have their back. See, control manipulates you in believing that this is the way to avoid pain, but actually it is the catalyst that leaves you angry, anxious, stressed, and depleted. Just take a picture, it's on the screen. <laughs> my husband says that again, I'm like, I'm on a time and I normally go over my time, but. What are the things we typically try to control? Relationships, number one. We typically try to control relationships in fear of rejection. We have insecurity, so we think if we control them, we keep them, but the truth is if we control them, we kill them. 
Ideals are dreams. We, we have this thing that if we control our ideals or our dreams, then, then we'll be solid. But eventually, those ideals or dreams, they become idols if they're not surrendered. We should have ideals and we should have dreams. We should hear the voice of God give us and birth something in our spirit and to go after it. And we should be those people that work hard and we should have ideal workplaces and, and hopes of ideal home lives and ideal relationships. But when we try to force our ideals or dreams, when we try to push perfection, we wind up getting obsessed with it, which then leads us to anxiety depression, disappointment, we become out of control, we lose our tempers, and we hurt lots of people along the way. Can I just free some people here tonight that perfection is not the goal, but holiness is. Perfection is not the goal, holiness is. And you may be like, but holiness seems so far away. That's okay, but just start walking towards it. Holiness is just one step away from living life your own way and looking towards Jesus. Holiness is becoming more like Christ. It, it's dying to yourself. Ultimately, being a Christ follower, that's what it is. It is denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following your Savior. We can't force outcomes. We do have to work as if it's all up to us. We have to pray as if it's all up to God, but the results are ultimately His. We can believe big, believe for miracles, have kingdom faith, but remember, ultimately, it's God's because if you try to force a path, eventually the path will be the place where you get lost. If we're striving, forcing things to fit, trying to fit puzzle pieces on the wrong side of the puzzle, that piece eventually bends and breaks, and then there's a gap on the other side of the puzzle. You see, living surrendered lives is holding nothing tightly in our hands, but living with palms wide open, saying, God, all that I am, all that I have is yours. See, that's true maturity in the faith. True maturity is saying, God, I have this that I want here. And he may say, good child, but are you willing to lay it down? Are you willing to live palms wide open? Are you willing to li live with knees on the ground and say, you're my Lord. I don't want to be Lord of my life. I don't want to dictate my own path. I want to live surrendered with hands open wide. That's why we lift our hands in worship, because it is an act of surrender, saying, here's my weak, God. Here's my weak, Lord. Here's my life. Here are my dreams. Here are my aspirations. And God is for your dreams. But I found that he's more about the dream of heaven for your life than the dream that you can manufacture on your own. What else do we try to control our children? Parents, stay with me. This one's a tricky one. It's probably the hardest one to navigate because as parents, we're called to raise them and protect them and, 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 and learn to give them boundaries until they learn how to use those boundaries. But it's knowing when it's time to give them some freedom and trust God with them. That's the hardest thing I think as human beings, if you're a parent, you can ever do. Our jobs as parents are to raise and release. And that's scary because we love them more than life itself. 
and not all kids have the same personality, so parenting isn't a cookie-cutter situation, but the truth is if we try to control our kids, now say when, if we try to control our kids when it's time to empower our kids, we wind up losing our kids. Now, notice I said when. Some kids are given way too much freedom too soon. Some kids' parents don't monitor things that they should be monitoring. I'm not saying stop being a parent. Your kids don't need another friend. You're called to be a parent. So have the boundaries. Raise them. This morning, this morning as I was spending time with the Lord, I realized it was pretty quiet because Anthony, I love him, but he can be a little noisy in the morning, you know, with the coffee and the milk and, you know, spending time with Jesus. And, and I'm like, where is he? He's not here. But he had gone on a run with my son Ben at like six in the morning. They came back and they were doing their devotionals together and journaling. And I'm like, that's raising a child in the ways of the Lord. So that when it comes time, when it comes time to release, when it comes time to give them that freedom, then we know they'll fall, we know they'll make mistakes, but they'll always come back to God's word. Perception. What are the things we try to control? Perception, people's perception of us. One of the things I've heard people say to me for years is, I'm afraid of what they may think of me. I've heard leaders say it, I've said it, friends have said it, I'm afraid of what people's perception of me will be. And so we waste our time and energy trying to control other people's thoughts of us that are not really ours to control. We overperform, we overcompensate, we exhaust ourselves trying to prove something to someone instead of living for the applause of heaven. Oh, to say, I live to worship you, Lord, instead of, I live to prove something to you, bro. Like, like so many of us are, are just ch ch chasing our tail around, trying to prove something to someone. And God is saying, hey, would you just live for the applause of heaven? Would you just live the life I've called you to live? Would you just keep taking a step towards me? But we're so busy trying to impress or we're so busy trying to keep up with the neighbors, with the Joneses. We're just trying to keep our perception a certain way. And I'm not saying live in a way that is reputable in a good way because as Christians, we are ambassadors of Christ and we do have a responsibility to uphold a certain reputation because if we're going to represent the name of Jesus, please do it well or please remove that bumper sticker because you're embarrassing all of us. Respectfully. We try to control our kids' perception, relationships. We try to control ideals and dreams and we also try to control the past. Friends, we can't control the past. We cannot control how they mistreated us. We cannot even control a misunderstanding. We cannot even control how fair some things can be. So we need to be kind to ourselves and stop living in the past. So many of us lay on our pillows and toss and turn for hours because we think of what we could have done, what we should have done, and we just waste our energy. We're no longer present with our kids because we're living in the past of what we did and now we have regrets. Friend, the past is buried. Learn from it, but keep moving. Keep moving forward. Learn from it and do better today. We also try to control the future. We can't control the future, but we can keep growing. We can keep seeking the kingdom of God and trust that all the right things will be added to us. We can keep showing up, bringing our best, bringing our faith, trusting God. 
I love what Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34 says. It says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you will have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Teenagers may disagree with that one. But look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store barn, sorry, food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So why do you worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And everybody said, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> the truth is we've all been there and we've all done it. But if you truly struggle with control, if you find yourself constantly trying to control environments and situations and people in your life, can I suggest that some of you that may come from a deep place of trauma and rejection and you may actually need some counseling. There's no shame in that. There are people, God has given the gift of people to be doctors and to be lawyers and teachers and this and that and, and others to be counselors. And they are there to help you. Just get a good one, a Christ-centered counselor who will lead you towards Christ and not more inward and as a victim. For some, it's really just freedom. You need a moment of freedom and deliverance from fear. For some of you, it's just a trust factor. Do you really believe that God is who he says he is? Do you truly trust he is the God of his word? Do you truly trust the promises of God? They are for us, not against us. And really, it's where we come and talk about surrender now. See, in your business, in your relationships, and in your dreams, do your part. Be diligent, be loyal, be faithful, raise those kids according to the word of God, believe the results to God. Don't force things, you need to actually lay them down. The thing is, we're really good at laying things down. Lord, I lay this relationship down to you. I lay my son down to you. I lay my job, this dream of a promotion, or God, I lay this, and then we lay it down, and then we finish praying, and what do we do? We go back and we pick it up. <laughs> Safe here with me. I mean, I've done that. But the truth is, anything you lay down at the feet of Jesus is safer than anything you can hold for yourself. Anything you lay down at the feet of Jesus and keep it there is safer than anything you can hold for yourself. If you lose control because you cannot control, you don't live surrendered. This isn't to shame you. This is to open your eyes to say, maybe I have a surrender issue. 
Maybe I've been hurt. Maybe I've been rejected. Maybe there's been trauma from my childhood that has been buried and I never dealt with it. I never got healing there. I, I just shoved it there. Maybe this is not to cause anyone discomfort like, oh, why is she yelling at me? Like, chill, sister. Like, no, 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 no. This is because I'm for you. This is because if you truly live surrendered, you will trust the God, our maker. God who is faithful. God who is able. God who delivers delivers and it's always on time we have a time issue we always think it has it has to be in our box like this in this time frame delivered just so God always loves to defy that because he's God and we're not he doesn't like your box it's too small he's too big he lives outside of time. That's why when people try to get all arrogant, well, if God is real, then who created God? Duh, dummy. Um, he's God, so he's not us. So we live in time. He lives outside of time. God is God. His time is perfect. Everything is made perfect. Everything is made beautiful in his time. Man, something's been pruned from your life. You don't understand it. I promise you. You won't understand it now. You may be grieving now. You may be bleeding now. On the other side of the wilderness, you will thank God that pruning saved your life. What are the traits of a surrendered life? What are the traits of a surrendered life? Your heart is free. You need to surrender your right to be offended because your heart belongs to the Lord and there is no room does it mean that you won't be offended it doesn't mean you won't be hurt it just means process heal do the work but refuse to hold on to the right to hold on to that offense our hearts belong to God and our hearts must be free. We cannot control others because we are offended. You are free. Your heart belongs to Jesus. What's the other trait of a surrendered life? You're not afraid of change. You're not afraid of change. If something changes and it throws you into a whirlwind, just realize that perhaps you're not living a surrendered life. Maybe you just have fear of being not perfect fear of imperfection, fear of not being enough. Well, if something changes and I'm not ready for it, it won't be perfect and I won't be enough and I'll be exposed. The next trait of a surrendered life is you see the hand of God when things do change. If you live a surrendered life, you know who leads you. You know the doors that open and close are actually his provision and his protection. Closed doors, my friend, are protection. Sometimes it means you just got to knock a little longer, but sometimes it's actually your purpose. And you know how many times we knocked on doors for a church building? And so many times we got rejected and we thought like, God, you're not for us. Oh my gosh. We look back at some of the buildings we knocked on their door and we're like, God, you were so good to us. Like my motto is I thank God more for the closed doors than the open ones. I thank God that the relationship, my, boy, my ex-boyfriend that I thought I was supposed to marry, God closed that door real quick. Praise the Lord, because then I wouldn't be with this guy right here. Can you imagine? We wouldn't have church alive. What a weird life I would be living right now. Anyway, no offense, nice dude, but you know. Proverbs 19, 21 says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. 
You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You know, we were, I was talking to my husband about the message this week, and he's like, you know, isn't it funny in the book of Acts, when the church, when Jesus commissioned the church and the Holy Spirit came upon his people and they were to spread the gospel to all parts of the world, they were probably looking at each other like, how are you going to do that? And then persecution hit and they had to run and they had to scatter and God used persecution to fulfill his prophecy. Sometimes we don't like the persecution that's coming. Sometimes we don't like the closed doors. Sometimes we don't like the change of direction. But maybe that is the avenue God is using to fulfill his purpose in our lives. I'm sure the disciples and the apostles are like, yo, Jesus, what's going on? He's like, don't worry. Focus on me. Don't worry, stay anchored in me, abide in me. Don't worry, still focus on me, keep your eyes on me, keep going, keep going, I've got you, don't worry. Even if you, even if you walk through the valley of shadow of death, your promise with me in eternity is greater. Don't worry, get up, keep going, don't worry, don't hide, get up, keep going. Don't be afraid of change, don't be afraid of what God might be leading you to. Keep going, surrender, keep going with hearts wide open, keep going because he out your path you can't be afraid you can't control you can't control because control will break you oh surrender the control traits of a surrendered life you still trust God in the deepest and darkest valleys of your life that's probably the hardest place to actually trust him it's maybe in a season of loss you know in a church our size there's people who've lost children there are people who have miscarried there are people who have lost marriages or whatever it is and and sometimes it's hard to be like God I thought you were with me God I, I thought you were faithful God I I thought this and I and I thought that and the truth is if we live with nothing like this and we live like that it doesn't matter what comes we know the Holy Spirit is there to comfort to guide to lead to provide he is there not to make sense of all things but to say don't worry the Good Shepherd will in time reveal all that is to come what the enemy has intended for harm, God can turn around, breathe his life, breathe his power, breathe his touch, breathe his love, and bring purpose out of it. Surrender is living with knees bent and hands open and saying it's all yours anyway. There's a scripture in Job chapter 23, 14 that says, so he will do to me whatever he has planned. He controls my destiny. Can we say that? I know it might be scary, let's be honest, you know, oh, great message, Pastor Miriam, but the truth is, if you think about certain things that you're holding on to, if you're a mom, like, you know, I think of my three kids, I'm like, <laughs> it's not easy. But if we trust in the one who holds it all together anyway, if we relinquish control and give, and give God the control, he's the only one that can actually navigate it to places it's meant to be. He's the one who can refresh our soul. He's the one who can speak life into our destiny. He's the one who can bring beauty out of ashes. Oh, he's the one who can bring beauty. I need, someone needs to hear that right now. He can bring beauty out of ashes. Some of you are grieving. 
Some of you, it's been a rough couple of years. Some of you, you came to Christ, you thought things were gonna be different and it's been hard. This word is for someone that he is gonna make beauty out of ashes. When we stand, friend, do you need to surrender some things to God this morning? Is there something you need to lay down today? Do you need to receive healing from things that you have held on to, which is why today you're having such a hard time to relinquish control? Have you smothered things in fear of losing things only to find you lost it anyway and now you're grieving? You know, we have an opportunity right now in this moment to prophetically and symbolically raise our hands towards heaven and say, God, I don't want it if, you, if you're not in it. God, I, I love this. I love my family. I love my job. I love these dreams that you're putting in my heart. But if you're not on it, I don't want it. Unless it's your kids. You need to want your kids. But can we lift our hands towards heaven? And in your own words, I, I don't want to give you the words, but can you in your own words just do business with heaven right now? Do business with your father? Do business with Jesus, your Lord and Savior. I think we just like the Savior part of Jesus, but forget that he's our Lord, which, is, which means Lord of all. If there's anything right now in your own words, say, God, I surrender it. God, I thank you you're giving me this, but I surrender it. I, 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 I hold it in my hands, but my hands are wide open. And any moment you want to take it out, you can take it out. I surrender. I surrender control. I surrender control. Lord, help me be self-controlled in my attitudes and my reactions and my relationships and all the things that you've asked me to steward, but help me never to be controlling, never to, to live from a perspective of fear and rejection and hurt, but always from a place of strength and wisdom and love and trust and believing in you. So all across this room, would you just lift your business before God and say, God, I surrender my business. Lift your finances to God. Lift your marriage to God. Lift your family to God. Lift your friendships. Maybe your school, if you're a student in here. Maybe you're having an issue with drugs. Maybe you're having an issue with alcohol and, and, and you've been trying in your own strength to overcome. But I believe right now the presence of the Lord God is here and he is literally setting people free in this moment. People have been bound by alcohol and drugs. I believe right now there will be such a supernatural touch of God and there will be chains that will be broken off now over you. In Jesus' name, that desire, that temptation that would hold you down, we break it off in the name of Jesus and we command a freedom over your people. We command right now in the name of Jesus just a, a release right now of control, of anger, of pride, of fear. And I just pray and I declare over your people a, a, a holy trust in you, Father. In Jesus' name. If you're in here today and you've never really heard of what it means to trust Jesus like this. You've never really given your life to him. You've never really placed full trust and authority in his hands. You've, you've never said, forgive me of my sins. Today, I wanna live for you wholeheartedly. If that is you, would you lift your hands so I can see and pray for you? Yep, I see your hand. If this is the first time that you're making this decision for Jesus, why don't you lift up your hand really nice and high so I can see it. One, two, three, all across this room. If you're giving your life to Christ, we see those hands. Yep, I see those hands there. Yep, I see those hands back there. I see your hand too, sir. I see your hand, sir. Yep, I see you two gentlemen. Thank you. 
I see that sir back there as well. Yep, I see you as well, sir. That's awesome. It's awesome. I love when men make decisions for Jesus. It's incredible. Strong men lead strong cities and strong families and strong businesses. And it's incredible. I celebrate that. We're going to pray this prayer. If you raised your hand, we're going to say this prayer together. And you're welcome to say it with me. And it's really just that. It's inviting Jesus into your heart to forgive you. And so that you can go on this incredible journey. Not easy, but worth it with him. Repeat after me, Jesus. Thank you for what you did on that cross 2,000 years ago. Thank you, you did it with me in mind. Today, I ask you to forgive my sins. I give you my life. I take off control and I give it to you. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you see, receive the word today? Amen. Amen. Amen.